It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and today I am going to be talking with an awesome person who has become a good friend of mine who I used to listen to all the time when I was a teenager. John, do you get that a lot? When I was young, <laughs> I would listen. <laughs> it's kind of sad because uh, cassette tapes, people don't know what the kids don't know what they are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? My kids found some of those the other day too. And they were like pulling the strings out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are these? I know. Totally. I had the cassette tapes. I had the CDs. Um, what I wish I would have known when I was single, I read before I got married to Brad. Really? I wow. did. Yes. And so I, anyway, I've, I've loved learning from you, laughing with you, and now speaking with you. In fact, I was scrolling through your Instagram page, just you know, doing research slash stalking mm -hmm. before in preparation for today. And <laughs> it was interesting to see my picture on your Instagram page with this podcast. And you're like, hey, my friend Carmen has a new podcast out. And never in a million years would I have imagined that someone that I look up to so much and used to listen to would be promoting something that I'm doing <laughs> Oh, you're so, so nice. Really cool. It's <laughs> oh, really thank cool. you. <laughs> so I'm so excited to talk to you today. We have we have a lot that I'd like to go over and talk about. And first off is something new that you are doing, your own podcast with Hank Smith. It's called the Follow Him Podcast. And I think I'm safe to say this thing is blowing up. Yeah, it's it's the thing that's funny to me is mostly what I do is listen and take notes. <laughs> I don't talk very much. <laughs> and just listen to Hake. No, yeah. wait, you're awesome. You've had some incredible guests too on your podcast. Yes, we have. And the thing that's nice is we're interviewing some of the, the people who know church history better than anybody. And one of the last questions we always ask is, you know, there's kind of this myth that, oh, don't study church history too much. You might it might shake your testimony. And to hear these these scholars, men and women, just say, oh, it's it's the opposite. I know that these were just folks. These were just real people. They were they were ordinary people trying right. to do this unbelievably extraordinary work. And they didn't have all the background and knowledge and things that we have. Right. Uh, and they were just trying to figure it out as they went. And, and uh, it, it's been so fun to talk to them because they're the experts and they know uh, they know more than the people who post negative things on the internet. No, there's nothing that will surprise these these folks and to have them say, Hey, this, to have their testimony so intact, it's, it's been really a blessing and also has helped me kind of see a human side of all of these people. So yeah, it's been right. fun. It's called follow him and, uh, Hank Smith and, and I will interview experts and mostly, mostly I just listen and scribble notes <laughs> and, uh, and, but we'll talk to people who are who know Martin Harris better than anybody or Oliver yeah. Cowdery and, and ask them what, what, what really happened and what's, what's the backstory. And so it's been great. And there's a, a, a man down in um, Southern California, his name is Steven Sorensen, who said, I just, I really want to, to help fund this and get this thing going. And he's been a, a, a terrific a blessing to get it started and get uh, people that are good at editing audio and everything in. So we've we've really been thrilled with it. And like I said, I just feel like I'm kind of along for the ride. 
Well, it's an incredible <laughs> podcast and so fun and interesting and informative. And and like you said, it's these people that are complete experts in church history. And if you've ever wondered, well, maybe I am concerned about diving into the mysteries or the histories of these people, not, I would encourage you, do not be afraid of it. It, it, like you said, will only strengthen and grow your testimony and help you understand these incredible men and women who, like you said, were, I mean, restoring a church, (laughs) the church and how, and how difficult that must have been. And yet rewarding and beautiful and glorious but so hard. And and I love that you guys talk about these people as people that we rever our prophet Joseph Smith and, and, and Oliver Cowdery and Emma and people who went before us, but it's good to know that they made mistakes. And so if we do, it's okay too. Like they, even the best of the best have struggled and in trying to restore this gospel and they'd never done it before. I mean, they, they had no idea what they were doing. They were learning as they went revelation by revelation, literally is how these people were learning. So John, what would your advice be to someone who maybe has been more hesitant this year with come follow me studying Joseph Smith history and the doctrine and covenants that maybe has that fear of I'm worried my testimony will be shaken or I don't want to know. I don't want to know them on that deeper level. What advice would you give them? How can this bless their lives? Well, I, I can just tell you it's been a, it's been a blessing to me, and I think that more than ever the church is has been really transparent and trying to be. In fact, there's there's a new book that well, it's on your gospel app, and it's called Revelations in Context. It's printed as a book, but it's also it's the church printed it. It's also just on the Gospel Library app, and what I really love is it gives the backstory of of what was going on when this particular section was revealed and another thing that i think has been helpful is uh the the come follow me manual of course but i think one of the things that's really helped me is to understand that these were just people and especially recently we were talking about martin harris here was joseph smith who who knew he had the assignment to publish this book and he didn't have the money to do that. He was he was actually hired out. Uh, he would hire out and do work for others. Um, in fact, a phrase that uh, one of our experts told us now I can't remember who was a, it was either Mike McKay or or, or Garrett Dirkmont was a competent farmer. Uh, um, uh, Martin Harris was known as a competent farmer. Well, today we would. Well, he knew how to farm. No, right. a competent farmer was someone who didn't have to hire out his sons. And Martin Harris was that. He was much older than Joseph Smith. He did have the means and the money. And and this maybe made a little more sense why Joseph would persist in trying to let him take the 116-page manuscript. And uh, this young man is trying to do the right thing, but Martin's the only guy I know that has the kind of money that we're going to need to have this thing published. And and all those pieces started to come together, and I thought, wow, this is really, this really helps me put a human face on it. I think that you mentioned uh, the book Saints. In fact, my wife was listening to it this morning as she was getting ready for the day, and and that's really nice to to kind of put the backstory on this. And then you see these these revelations come, and the language is so beautiful, and it's so. Yes scriptural and there's so much there's so much isaiah in it a marvelous work is about to come forth and 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 phrases out of the the ancient scriptures that are right 
that kind of lend credibility to it. This isn't Joseph talking. He couldn't no. write a letter. This is beautiful language. And I think it was really fun to look at the background of section one that they actually got a committee together. Well, we're going to put all these revelations together. We'll call it the book of commandments, but maybe we can write a preface. And they, they wrote it and they tried and they presented it to everybody and they just tore it apart. So they finally said, Joseph, what do you think? And it goes over by the window and starts dictating this. Oh, my goodness. Section one is like a powerful conference talk or something. Yes. And it was given, you know, not in order, but because it was the preface, it became section one. And right. And you just don't get me started. I get talking all about this. But I know I love it. And, and I love that you compare scripture to how Joseph Smith or, or, or how they talk because going back and forth and now in our come follow me studying Joseph Smith history and section one, listening to how he talks and how he writes his first vision and the long run on sentences and how he describes things. And then the revelation, it's like, Oh, they are two completely different things. This is him receiving something from God. And then this is him describing something in his own words. And they, they sound different. The tone is different. The language is different. You can tell that these are truly revelations. Yeah. And I, I feel the same way about the Pearl of Great Price that we'll get to someday. Um, there is so much in there that I feel like regardless of how we got it, you, if you read it, you just go, whoa. Yes. is incredible stuff. The book of Abraham, the book of Moses incredible things being revealed and part of my testimony of it not all of it but part of it is just the words themselves and the things that are being taught and so i hope if people are struggling with backstory or people just read the sections read the actual scriptures see if you can find christ in there Great and advice. one of the things that uh, i think i was going to say was when moroni uh, appeared to Joseph Smith and told him this amazing phrase that your name will be had for good and evil among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And I mean, I like to use this analogy. If you were to get on the, the UTA bus or something and some teenager sat next to you, literally a teenager, and said, hey, you know what? In 200 years, people will still be talking about me. Uh, in fact, people of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people will still be talking about me. You'd probably find yourself another seat on the bus. <laughs> I mean, this guy's wacko. And we'll be yeah. talking good and evil uh, about me. And who would believe that? And yet every time I hear uh, negative things spoken about Joseph, I think, wow, Moroni was a prophet. You just fulfilled prophecy. Totally. I completely agree with that. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because we really see that prophecy um, in our day. We, we, we see that come to pass that people yeah. do talk. They love him. They rever him. And, and then people just say and the nastiest things about this man. And right. I have such a strong testimony of him. And really, I mean, you know, would you say that that's where you start with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Like this is where you need to start is Joseph Smith, because if, if what he said is true and what he did really happened and the book of Mormon, then everything else in the gospel 
is correct. And so as, as far as your relationship with Christ, you know, that anyone can have that. But as far as gaining a testimony of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, would you say to start with developing a testimony that Joseph Smith was a prophet? I'm, I might say to start with the Book of Mormon. I, okay. I might say to start with the keystone of our religion. Which and he then, translated. Right. And then you have to ask, where did this come from? What yeah. explanation do I have for this? Witnesses saw it, some in a spiritual way, the three, some in a very physical matter of fact. Here, turn the pages, look at it. Way the eight witnesses. Um, I love that three witnesses plus eight witnesses plus Joseph Smith is 12. I mean, it's all very elegant the way that the Lord does things sometimes and symmetrical. But I would start there. And and then one of the things that the Doctrine and Covenant, if, if you had the Lord chastising you so many times, would you put that in a book? Right. And so many times Joseph is told, you messed up here, but your sins are forgiven. Would any of us want that kind of scrutiny? Would we put the founders of other movements under that kind of scrutiny? Yeah. Uh, would we put Martin Luther under that kind of scrutiny? Yeah. Um, and what would that do to him? Um, but we really want to put Joseph Smith through it. And there's something that Elder Neil L. Anderson said in a conference talk a few years ago. Sorry, I don't have it right at the tip of my tongue, but about talk to people who actually knew him. So I was driving up to Boise. In fact, it was with, uh, I think it was doing a laughing all the way a couple of years ago. And I went to the library and I got a book called uh, They Knew the Prophet, but it was a book on CD. I listened to six CDs driving to and from Boise. Oh, wow. And isn't, isn't that fair? Let's talk to people who actually knew him. This right. is what people who actually knew him wrote in their journals. And boy, by the time I got home, I thought uh, he was delightful and he was fun and he was direct. And he was also a lousy businessman because he just kept giving everything away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yeah. New okay, Whitney story. I mean, he just wanted to give everybody everything. Yes. And it was so fun to see that. And then yesterday, as we were recording another podcast, another book called Remembering Joseph came up by Mark McConkie. And I'm like, today is on my list. I've got to get that. I know I've seen it before, but I've got to go get that. Who actually knew him? Wouldn't that be fair? Who actually knew him? Um, and what did they say instead of what did critics say and write? Yes. And um, David Whitmer, for example, became quite critical of Joseph. But the amazing thing is, if you ever questioned his testimony of seeing the plates, he would really go, no, no, no. He would not let you go there. I saw them. I heard the angel. I heard everything. He would never uh, deny that. And so it's kind of interesting to to see that. And it, it helps me. I think one of the tips that we gained and that I've learned the same thing in the New Testament studying any book is that um, don't use a 21st century lens to view how people acted in the past. Yes. I um, love that thought. There's, I, I heard Hank say once, and I can't remember where he got it, but the past is like a foreign country. They do things right. differently there. Yes. And they just do. And, you know, I, I'll bet 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, we'll look back at us and think, boy, the way we were acting. So we have the benefit of all these years of studying the gospel. And we're looking back at these folks trying to put this together 
and judging them through that lens. And they made plenty of mistakes and they wrote about it and they kept it in the Doctrine and Covenants when they made mistakes. And I'm so glad you brought that up about how Joseph Smith published his mistakes and his sins and the Lord chastising him, because it's also a reminder that the Lord does forgive us, that he He forgives us as many times as we mess up, he's ready to forgive us and that he plans for things to go wrong. He knows when things will go wrong. And back to the podcast that you did a little while ago with um, Dr. Garrett Dirkmont, you talk about losing Martin Harris, losing the 116 pages and how hundreds of years before Heavenly Father planned for that to happen with that little section. And, and, you know, as, as they're writing it, it's like, I, I don't know why I'm in, it was Nephi. Right. And he's like, I, I don't know why I'm including this part, but I know not, but you know, the Lord does. And so I'm going to include this little part. And that yeah. made up for those 116 pages and that he planned for that. Can you give us some more insights on that podcast specifically, because it's just incredible. Again, it's called, it's episode four, part three. It's with Dr. Garrett Dirkma on the Follow Him podcast, specifically about um, how one of the smartest men in the church gets from Manchester to Pennsylvania, Martin Harris, and why we no longer have the plates. And, um, you know, the basically the redemption of Martin Harris as well. I mean, I can't imagine going to the prophet and saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? Like, I mean, he, he was, it said he, like his soul was sorrowful, like unto death. Like he just, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. And and then the forgiveness that heavenly father showed Martin Harris and, and Joseph Smith. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what you guys discussed in that podcast? Sure. Well, that, that was it. Um, he, here's, I, I, I could understand Joseph a little bit better. Well, this guy has, he, he has the wherewithal to do this and he just wants to, to show his, his wife. I mean, um, here's his wife thinking, uh, what are you going to do with our money to spend on this thing? You know, can, can I, I, I would say that like, wait, what yeah. are you, is this guy? What are you doing? And what are you doing? And uh, so he's thinking if I show him and he persists in asking the Lord, Lord says no. And then he gets some very specific guidelines on what to do. And he only show it to certain people, but he breaks that. He shows them to more and more. Um, they get stolen as we talked about. And, and as you talked about, the book of Lehi was how the Book of Mormon started, the record of Lehi. But Nephi kept his own record of the same events. I mean, if you were Joseph Smith making this up, would you make it this complex, large plates, small plates, and all this stuff? No way. And uh, he, um, so the Book of Lehi is lost, and it sounds like a couple of the first chapters of Mosiah, because the Book of Mosiah, chapter one, kind of comes in abruptly. Yes. And you're like, what? what? Um, and so when you start the book of Mosiah, you're now on the large plates. So instead of Lehi, Mosiah, Alma, it's uh, Nephi, Nephi, Jacob, Enos, Jeremiah, my words of Mormon, then Mosiah. Yes. <laughs> and then Alma, then Helaman. But anyway, yeah, that was lost. And what I, what I look kind of love about this is this idea of redemption that you just talked about. The, the two sections in the Doctrine and Covenants that talk about this whole episode, losing the 116-page manuscript and don't retranslate that part, you know, go to the small plates, is, are sections 3 and section 10. Here's the part that I just love. Section 10, verse 45 says, Behold, there are many things engraven upon the plates of Nephi, which do throw greater views upon my gospel. Therefore, it is wisdom in me that you should translate this first part of the engravings of Nephi. 
and send forth in this work. It's like, yeah, they tried to mess it up, but I'm going to make it even better. Yep. Get the words of Nephi. They throw even greater words on the gospel. So enemies try to mess it up, and the Lord comes back and says, actually, this will be even better. And then we get the words of Nephi instead of the words of Lehi, and that the Lord is making that judgment. Yeah. The other thing that helps me to recall is that, and I mentioned this on the podcast, we usually go a few hours and sometimes it gets edited but out, but I had a professor named Richard Bennett, uh, who's a historian, and he wrote an article for the Ensign, which you could search out and find, called Carefully Schooled in First Principles. And he talked about the idea of Joseph Smith writing the Wentworth letter and getting to the Articles of Faith, which were at the end of the Wentworth letter. Article of Faith number four, the first principles and the ordinances of the gospel are, you know, we believe first principles and ordinances of the gospel are first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, second, repentance, third, baptism um, by immersion for the remission of sins, and fourth, the laying out of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, you might think he just pulled those out of the air, but Brother Bennett's thesis, which I just thought, man, that makes so much sense, was that Joseph experienced these. Faith in Christ is what led him to the sacred grove in the first place. Faith in Christ is what led him to pray about his standing before the Lord later on, before Moroni appeared. Losing the 116-page manuscript was an experience of deep repentance and sorrow, and all is lost for both Martin and Joseph. And I love that they didn't just pull these ideas out of the air, but he lived it. So this is why Richard Bennett's article is called Carefully Schooled in First Principles. They experienced faith, the depths of repentance, of taking the plates and the interpreters away, you know? And, and here's what I love is that eventually— as they continue to translate, they uh, get to Third Nephi, and Jesus comes, and he gives something very similar to the Beatitudes, but he mentions baptism before he gets to the Beatitudes. Yes. And, hey, are we supposed to be baptized? And Oliver and Joseph go out to pray, May 15, 1829, the John the Baptist comes. And that's, you know, section 13, upon you, my fellow servants, I confer the priesthood, of, you know, and that's the whole, what, what John the Baptist said is section 13. But anyway, please keep in mind, after all these sins and mistakes, they were baptized for the remission of sins. Please don't hold this against Martin Harris. He's been baptized. Do you do you want people to hold us? Should we ask people to hold us accountable for sins that we've been forgiven of? They were baptized after this. And then I brought it up in the podcast. I hope it didn't get edited. But Elder Dallin H. Oaks, when he was Elder Dallin H. Oaks, gave a talk. Oh, what was it called? The Witness, I think. And he talked about Emer Harris and Martin Harris going on missions and baptizing the Oaks family. And Dallin H. Oaks said, that is my name, Dallin Harris Oaks. And something like, we need to let Martin come out from under the cloud of this experience. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, he came back to the church. Yes. He funded the printing of the Book of Mormon. Right. He he stayed faithful. They used to have a Martin Harris uh, pageant or something up in Clarkston, Utah. I think it's Cache County. 
And I, I loved that, that idea of, hey, that was a long time ago. And, and sadly, that's what we remember. Oh, he's the guy that lost the, yes, but he also, he was forgiven and baptized. And in the same way, we don't want to hold each other's sins over our heads forever and ever. Right. These guys were baptized after all of this. After all that happened. And I hope yeah. I'm not remembered. I've done, I mean, so many wrong things in my life, offended people, been unkind, sinned. And I hope I'm not remembered for that too. And it, it is when when it's history and they're writing things down and they're including things like this, it's important to remember, like you said, yes, but then they repented and moved on and they were incredible people that that did amazing things. And there's so much good. And I love that you talk about that. Like, but let's let's think about all the amazing things he did. And if it weren't for him, funding that, you know, getting the Book of Mormon published. And I mean, he, he was a key figure in the restoration of the gospel. Yeah. And, and the one of the witnesses. And I think too, that something that has always helped me is that after the first vision, so many of Joseph Smith's visions were shared visions. Okay. Oliver saw it too. Sidney Rigdon saw it too. You guys have to bear witness to the world. David Whitmer, you saw it. Martin Harris, you saw it. Yeah. And you remember the story is in the Come Follow Me manual. Joseph Smith comes home after that and and says to Lucy, his mother and father, you do not know how happy I am. I am no longer alone in the world. Now they will have to testify of what they have seen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then later on, we know that Joseph Smith was anxious to get the priesthood keys vested in the 12 so that if they killed him, the keys would go on. And I mentioned this yesterday in our recording because I have this clipping from the Cincinnati Gazette. It's something like July 1844, a few days into July. The martyrdom was June 27th of Joseph and Hiram. And it says, it says, you know, we received this yesterday in the mail. Joseph and Hiram are are killed. They were both shot. A, a terrible civil war is expected. And then it said three words to end the article. This reporter must have thought, well, now what a scoop. Thus ends Mormonism. Period. And uh, <laughs> that's what they thought that once Joseph was gone. But hey, these were shared visions. Yes. Others now had the priesthood and the yep. keys. Yeah. It was just getting started. And I tried to, to research it and discovered that uh, if I did my numbers right, there were only about 16,000 members of the church at the time. And so I want to tell the Cincinnati Gazette uh, that now we're at 16 million um, didn't end because it wasn't the church of Joseph Smith or it right. wasn't the church of Brigham Young. Right. Uh, it was the savior was directing it. And we will get to the point perhaps when we'll talk about that little experience by the uh, Isaac Morley farm in a little schoolhouse where everybody's talking and bearing testimony or whatever, just a handful of guys. <laughs> and Joseph Smith gets up and says, I want to tell you, I've been very much edified by everything I've heard. Here tonight, <laughs> but you have no more idea of the destiny of this church and kingdom than a babe upon its mother's lap. This church will fill North and South America. It will fill the world. I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Oh yeah. See that. What? And I don't know if you've ever seen that little movie, where it shows a map of the world, 
actually a map of the, you know, northeastern United States. And every time a stake is created, a little red dot. Yes, I have. have. <laughs> oh, it's the coolest thing. And, and yeah. And in the background is playing the music. The spirit of God like a fire is burning. And yep. these little boom red dots keep going. And then yep. they have to pan out because the saints go west and boom, boom, boom. But they're sending missionaries all over and boom, boom, boom. And, and when you look at it, you start to sense... You remember those words, it will fill North and South America because they are just red, blinking red everywhere. And then you see, wow, we've got a lot of work to do in China. You see over the other side of the world. spots, Absolutely. And you get that sense of President Nelson saying that the work of salvation is the gathering of Israel. We got to keep, keep gathering. I, I love that video. It gives me chills every time I watch it. I love comparing the scriptures to my life, um, relating them to my life, because really that's what they're there for, is to help us through our personal struggles and trials. My patriarchal blessing says that if I'll open the scriptures at random and read from the verses that attract me at that time, I'll be able to receive particular instruction and inspiration. And it says that I'll find in times of trial, decision, and success. If I'll open them up, I'll be able to receive particular instruction for my life. And you think, well, how could someone that lived hundreds of years ago instruct me now? But that's what is so amazing about the scriptures. And 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 I would challenge those that, again, are are maybe wondering how this can benefit me, and, and how Joseph Smith's story and the restored gospel and. Maybe you haven't gone to church in a while. Maybe it's weird now because we're not going to church every week and you're finding it hard to stay motivated to do what you said at the beginning of the podcast, John, and just read it. Just start reading and see if you can find those answers to your life. Mm -hmm. See if you are inspired with your personal struggles, with with your personal life reading these words. And, and from my experience, it really is amazing how it is completely beneficial and helpful for me personally. And I would love to ask you if you have an experience or an example of a scripture that has been completely relatable to you at a very specific time in your life and has blessed your life. I'm sure you've had many, but is there one you'd be willing to share? I think one that's really appropriate right now is, oh gosh, somebody on one of our recordings, they're starting to blend in my mind said, you know, I read the Bible and I love Jesus, but I relate to Peter, you know, because I make mistakes. I identify with Peter. And I have to tell you right now, and I reserve the right to change my mind tomorrow if I want, but my, <laughs> my favorite section of the Doctrine and Covenants is 19. There are so many blow me away things in there. And and this is exactly what I said before. Dive in and look for the Savior. Look for the love of God for you in those things. It starts out with Martin Harris in section 19 with this just amazing flood of light and revelation where the Lord says something that you don't find anywhere else. I did not say that punishment would have no end. I said it was endless punishment because endless is my name. Whoa, what? Wow. And it's just this amazing, yeah, I didn't say eternal punishment. I said, uh, it's called eternal because that's my name. So punishment that comes from my hand is endless punishment. The same is with, and this is me now talking, with eternal life. Immortality means we'll live forever, but eternal life 
is the kind of life that God lives because eternal is one of his names. You know what I mean? Yes. It's this amazing thing in there because I've never felt entirely comfortable with the idea of people suffering forever. forever. Right. Yes. In a lake of fire or something. And yeah. here comes the doctrine. Oh, I didn't say it. It was endless. Pun I didn't say that. I, no yeah. I said it was endless punishment. Whoa, wow. that's incredible. So section 19 starts like that. And the way it ends, I was 16 years old. I was in my room. I was reading my Doctrine and Covenants for seminary. And I got to the last four verses of section 19. It was one of the first times in my life, and I've written about this in my high school book and stuff, where I felt the Spirit and I knew I did. And the last four verses, and I'm not holding them. You can see me. I think I have them memorized. I think it's 36. Pray always, and I will pour out my Spirit upon you, and great shall be your blessing, yea, even more than if you should obtain treasures of the earth and corruptibleness to the extent thereof. Behold, canst thou read this without lifting up thy heart for gladness? And canst thou conduct thyself meek? And wisely, uh, meekly and wisely before me, yea, come unto me, thy Savior. That's how section 19 ends. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, it's pretty close. The first verse I know I've got verbatim. And something about that just stuck with me. If you will just pray always, you it will be a greater blessing than treasures of the earth. And now, looking at Martin Harris, I can see how should I mortgage my farm to publish this book? And here's the Lord telling Martin, uh, let me tell you about the real treasures. If you yeah. will just pray always, I will pour out my spirit upon you and great shall be your blessing even more than if you should obtain treasures of earth and corruptibleness to the extent thereof. That's verse 36, I think. But anyway, that helps me with Martin, but it helps me bring up another point too. When we study scripture, uh, there's the interpretation of scripture which is what the original author intended. Yes. And then there is the application of Scripture. Now, how many applications can there be? Oh, endless. <laughs> yeah, as many as there are people listening. Yep. So for me, that was a message of, of just pray. Pray always. And you'll have a better treasure than the treasures of the earth. Now, for Martin, it was a little more specific yeah. uh, about that. Yeah. But uh, for me, that section will always be one of my favorites because I'm not that perfect and I stumble like like Martin Harris probably here and there and I want to be forgiven. But boy, there's some treasures in um, section 19. There's a line in there that says, pay the debt thou hast contracted with the printer. Release thyself from bondage. <laughs> what is what is what did we just learn about debt right there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ties us down. And so I hope that people will read it and say, learn all the backstory, but start noticing how what I say unto you, I say unto all. Start watching for that phrase. Yes. When Peter Whitmer and uh and his brother, uh, what should we do in section 15 and 16? The Lord gives almost exactly the same revelation, that yeah. the thing will be of greatest worth is to preach the gospel. Same section four to Joseph Smith Sr. And you start to see, you start to say, the Lord's asking us to apply this to all of us. Yep. And another thing that's kind of fun about this is people are always coming to Joseph Smith. Well, what does the Lord want me to do? 
And what does the Lord want me to do? And finally, he made Joseph Smith Sr. the patriarch of the church, and they could go to him. But each of us have a patriarchal blessing, and we can ask, what does the Lord want me to do? And and that's an unbelievable blessing. Who gets that? Who gets to have something that says, here's your gifts, here's your talents, here's your capacities, yep. here's how much the Lord loves you, here's some warnings. So I hope that that people that struggle with uh, personalities in church history read the actual scripture, feel the love of God and of Christ for you personally, feel their advice to repent. And repent is such a, look in the Bible dictionary for the definition of repent. A fresh view about God, about oneself, and about about the world, and about oneself. Oh, that's it, it doesn't sound like a scolding. Right, it's, a, it's a new way of looking at God, the world, and yourself. It's it's uh, it's beautiful. So I hope people will just read it, drink from it deeply, and feel that uh, living water in there. Because how, how do you miss it? It's uh, it's beautiful. It is. <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to come on my podcast today and talk about your experience and and, and your insights. And for those that are wanting to know more specifically about church history and following, um, you know, the come follow me um, and week to week studies, go to the, it's the follow him podcast. And John, people can download this on any available platform, right? Apple, it's on the R Turtle House. I think app. so. Yeah, I think it's even on YouTube. YouTube, um, perfect. Yeah. So it's on it's on all those social media platforms. Follow him podcast. It's with Hank and John, and they have some awesome guests again that have come on and, and shared Michael McKay, Garrett Dirkmont, Dirkmont. Uh, Steve Harper wrote a wonderful book called Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants. I just love it. Awesome. And he's he's been on there with us. Casey Griffiths will, will be coming out soon. We talked to him yesterday. Awesome. Um, and so they're. Like I said, I just like to sit there and listen because they're a lot smarter than I am. I, I'm teaching Book of Mormon and New Testament. Yeah. These guys, their level, their area of expertise is church history and the doctrine yeah. of covenants. And can I just add one more thing? Yes. I have used the the thought that Elder Holland shared so many times in my mind of all the Lord has ever had to work with is imperfect people. It must be incredibly frustrating to him, but he deals with it. And that so should we. Yeah. Should we? And that's all he's ever had. And here's here we are, the church publishing the Joseph Smith papers, which is what? Every word he ever wrote that we can find, sending it out there to the whole world, including those who are enemies of the church and just send the whole thing out there. How would each of us like everything we have ever written uh, published to the whole world? And even then, the more you study it, the more you say, okay, um, this was a, a decent person. He made mistakes. He messed up, but he was called and millions shall know Brother Joseph again. I was just thinking that song yeah. in my mind, Praise to the Man. It's one of my favorites when the Tabernacle Choir sings that song. It's it it always stirs my soul and and strengthens my testimony of Joseph Smith. 
Yeah. So anyway, I, it's just, it's an exciting time. And I think time. whenever you're, you're in the scriptures, look for Christ, look for the love of God, look for his invitations to you and cause they're there and you'll see them and that will sustain you as, as you're navigating through all the imperfect people who is, or all the Lord has ever had. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, John, for your advice, for coming on here and, and talking today. Again, go to the Follow Him podcast to hear more about specifically church history and insights. And if you liked this episode, share it with your friends and family and have them listen to more doing good and think about how you can apply these principles into your life and do good in your communities and families and neighborhoods as well. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family, from full-leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.